I'm Micah Boyette, and you're listening to The Slow Way, a podcast about the quiet goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. This is a space where we're learning the inefficient gifts of rest, of prayer, and the practice of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. This is a space where we practice paying attention to what's real, the true thing deep down underneath the surface where love lives, remembering that sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. I'm grateful you're here making space to be reminded. This is episode 82, Dust and Water, a reflection for Ash Wednesday. Let's go the slow way. This past week, when a friend mentioned watching the series Masters of the Air, I told the story of my papa, now 12 years gone, who was a gunner on a B-17 in World War II. He was shot down over Poland, captured as a POW, survived over a year in the hands of the Nazis, and eventually returned home to my grandmother. I'd forgotten that this story I used to tell so often when Papa was alive has become even more rare as most of the folks of his generation are gone. My friend was amazed. I shared how my grandfather took me to air shows in the 80s, how we climbed inside the B-17 on the tarmac. He showed me where he once sat in the back of the plane and where he escaped via parachute after he was shot in the arm and the plane exploded. And how... As he used to tell the story, he realized he was going to land on a tree in the middle of a farm. Naturally, he always told it, I crossed my legs. He was the best storyteller, but he never told this particular story of his life until middle age, when my dad was in late high school or college. By the time I came around and he was my after-school babysitter, He was telling it to groups in various places, representing former POWs or Purple Hearts. I mostly knew him as the man in my life who made me grilled cheese on his homemade bread, who I watched in his workshop, who sketched pictures or worked crosswords while I watched TV. As I told my friend this story, Chris, who was sitting beside us, chimed in. Micah got her sweetness straight from Papa. I was surprised and delighted. Really? And then I cried. I haven't cried for him in years. I've used all my tears for my dad. Brooksy was a baby when Papa died, and now he is almost a teenager, a lifetime. My grandfather is gone, and his little boy, my dad, is gone too. The best men the ones who taught me that I had value and strength and creativity to offer the world. I've always liked Ash Wednesday. I like it because it doesn't shy away from the reality of life, that we carry the truth of death with us throughout our lives. Sometimes we notice the ache of death that lives among us, and sometimes we are lucky enough to be distracted by all the life, all the joy. I'm learning, though, as I move further into this season of middle age, 
that I will carry more and more people I love in my body as an ache. My dad, all my grandparents, the friends I've lost, the list will grow. What do we do about death? The seasons of the Christian calendar invite us to every experience of life, and we need this as humans. We need moments of collective celebration, even if our individual circumstances aren't necessarily joyful. It's a sacred act to practice joy together. And in the same way, we need moments of grieving and noticing the pain of this world together, whether or not we are currently living in a season of grief. That's why Ash Wednesday and Lent exist for us in the six weeks that lead to the celebration of Easter. So we remember together that we all need a story of healing, redemption, and wholeness, no matter our current circumstances. We need to be rescued from the ache that manifests in this world. And to begin that journey of searching for transformation, we need a day, Ash Wednesday, to stare death in the eyes, to remember that it will come for each of us as it has for all those who received the ashes before us. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. Ash Wednesday sounds morbid to some, but it exists to tell us the truth, to ask us to come close to this reality of life. We are always transforming, growing toward wisdom, and it will end. But I love that in the Christian tradition, death is understood as a both and. It is a result of brokenness in the world, and it is also a threshold a transition to fullness of life. As the Apostle Paul wrote, death is still with us, but through Jesus, it has lost its sting. Vietnamese Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh believed that the truth of death lives in the cloud. Quote, the cloud does not come from nothing, he taught. There has only been a change in form. If you look deeply into the rain, you can see the cloud. The lovely book, Life Worth Living, A Guide to What Matters Most, explains Nathan's thinking this way. Quote, the coming and going of the cloud is a continuous process of change. Nothing comes to be or ceases to be. There is only a series of shifting manifestations like the waves on an ocean. End quote dust before and dust after, water before and water after. Everything is always shifting, changing, giving rise to whatever is next. The authors Miroslav Wolf, Matthew Crossman, and Ryan McNally Lentz write. Or, as Nat Han said, instead of birth and death, there is only continually transformation. I used to love Ash Wednesday because it reminded me that I would one day die. And even as that death felt far away, I knew it was something a wise person ought to remember. The older I get, the more that death feels close to me. The people who formed me are the ones who are leaving me. 
people I'm forming are the ones who will carry me to the end. Transformation. Water evaporating, forming clouds, turning to rain. I'm no expert on middle age, but here in my mid-40s, I'm beginning to see this reality more clearly. I believe deeply and more fully in the world further up and further in, as C.S. Lewis described the promised life beyond this one that Jesus came to invite us into. I whispered my dad off to that place, and I plan to whisper as many people I love there as possible. And still, we can't hold hope for a future fullness of life without carrying the ashes, accepting that this particular harsh and tender life we're in right now will end for each of us. Someday, I hope I will be missed 12 years after my death by a middle-aged granddaughter who loved me, who I faithfully cared for, taught, told my stories to. I want to be an ache she carries. And that's what we hold on Ash Wednesday. We hold the aches, the ones we carry, the ones we will carry. The ache, the ones we love will hold when we're gone. In Lent, we get to work through that ache, come to hold it and let ourselves be transformed by it and practice the hope of believing in life beyond the ache. But this Wednesday, as we enter into our solemn places of worship and are told to remember our death, I'll pray we hear a voice behind us whispering, this is the way to the good life, straight through the pain, further up, further in. So practice. This week, our slow practice invites you to attend any Ash Wednesday service you can find. If you're not in a church that offers an Ash Wednesday service, you can find one. Most Catholic, Lutheran, Anglican, Presbyterian, and Methodist churches offer Ash Wednesday services. This is a great service to pop into, especially for us introverts, because you're usually not forced to talk to people. It's solemn enough that everyone stays silent, which means it's easier to hide. Often there are services throughout the day. One year during peak COVID, my family even found a drive-through Ash Wednesday experience. This year, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day coexist, which is just too good of a mashup. So it may be more difficult to make time for the weight and substance of the day. So part of your spiritual practice this week is to plan ahead, to make time for it. I also encourage you to spend a little time ahead of the surface, checking in with your soul. Can you give yourself 15 minutes ahead of the service to journal? Maybe you can get there early or carve out time in the beginning of your day or the night before for a little reflection. Here are the questions I want you to consider. Do I connect with Nat Han's image of the water cycle when thinking about death? Does it ring true to me? Does it comfort me 
disturb me, inspire me. What are the aches of death I carry with me? And this is a moment where you can name the ones you've lost, name the ones in your life that you ache for. And then as you consider today that eventually you will also be an ache that someone else carries with them, what comes to mind? What longing can you tap into that expresses what you want your presence to be for the people you love right now? Now, I'll have a link in my show notes to the transcript of this podcast with these questions on it. I will also have a link to the Substack letter. And this is something that needs more time than what you can do in a few minutes here on this podcast. So I hope that you will come back to these questions, these three questions about the water cycle, about the aches of death that you carry with you, and about what it means to you that your presence is going to be missed by people that you love right now. And after you write down these answers, I hope that you'll take your journal with you to the service. Uh, If you have a moment during the Ash Wednesday service, maybe you can open it up to remind you of these things. And as the ashes are placed on your forehead, practice being in the moment, aware of the truth of your fragility and the gift of it as well. And after your journaling or during the Ash Wednesday service, feel free to pray something like this. And we're going to close our time with this prayer. Holy One, who made us and who transforms us all the way to our hopeful end. Teach us to see your presence in every ache of this life. Amen. Thanks for being here, choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. Look at us. We're making space for a fuller vision of ourselves and others, making space for wisdom, making space for love. And that, my friends, is no small thing. Big thanks to Angelina Marie for editing this episode and to Ashley Frakalasi for her work with my social media. I appreciate you both. This coming February 24th, I'm offering an interactive online workshop for my paid subscribers. It's called Embracing Our Limits, Discovering Our Wholeness. It's an hour on a Saturday morning to work through some of the themes of my new book. You can find the link in my show notes to learn more. 
And I'll be offering more opportunities like these, including an online book club to read through my book together this spring for my paid subscribers. It's just $5 a month, and I would love for you to join the community. Also, you can pre-order Blessed Are the Rest of Us, How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole right now at Baker Book House, where it's 40% off the price of other booksellers. The first 200 pre-orders over there will receive a signed copy and a fun little gift from me. So check my show notes for a link. While you're thinking about pre-ordering the book, why don't you share this podcast or my Substack letter with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Subscribing and sharing always goes a long way. You can follow me on threads or Instagram at Micah Boyette, and you can meet me back here next week. You can do all those things, and I hope you will. I'll see you then. Bye.